You've got haters. You've also got some power. You're doing the work of God. You're doing the work. You've also got some power. So don't be distracted by what they say. The power is present to heal. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome once again to our midweek service right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We're going to have a great time tonight in the Word of God, and I'm so grateful that you decided to join us tonight. Tonight, we want to speak from the subject of healers and haters, healers and haters. Oh, my Lord, this is something that you don't want to miss. So make sure that you uh, listen to every single part. And as a matter of fact, uh, if you haven't heard the others in this series, make sure you go to the website at www.kingdomrock.org and get so many more. We've just come out of the series entitled Get Up. We talked about Lazarus. Mm, powerful word. You need to hear that. It's really going to bless you. All right. But before we can get started, let's go ahead and go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you always hear my prayer. And I ask you tonight that you would teach us by your spirit. Make the scriptures come alive. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I'm ready to get started. Let's go to the book of Luke, the fifth chapter, Luke five. And I'm going to read uh, verses 17 through 26. And we'll be looking at this tonight out of the King James Version. Okay, Luke five, verse 17 through 26. All right. So it starts like this. It says, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. They went upon the, upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Verse 20. And when he saw their faith, he said unto, and said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who's this that's speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? Verse 22, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk. Hmm? Verse 24, but that ye may know that the son of man hath power on earth upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that 
whereupon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. They glorified God. Let me start again. Verse 26. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Oh, that is so awesome. I can't wait to really dive into it and really get it to you. So let's go back up to verse 17. Let's set the stage because we we need to not just hear the word of God, but we need to get into the word. I want you to to feel it. I want you to smell it. I want you to, to really embrace what's going on here. Oh, this is wonderful. You'll get in just a minute. Let's look at verse 17. It says again, and it came to pass on a certain day as he, of course, this is Jesus, as Jesus was teaching. Hold on right there for a moment. On a certain day, we find Jesus teaching in a house. He's teaching in someone's house. Now, we already know the scene. There are a lot of people there. So teaching means to uh, he's expounding. He's uh, he's sharing kingdom principles. He's preaching the kingdom of God. He said that he must go to other cities and and villages and proclaim the message. And so that's what he's doing. He's teaching who he is and and what he has been divinely ordained to carry. He's bringing forth the word of God. He is the word who is teaching the word and people are being set free. So Jesus is in the house. We got that. And there are a lot of people around him in the house and he is teaching in the house. Got it? All right. Now let's see who else is there. It says, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. All right. So we see here as Jesus, son of God, the Messiah is teaching the word of God. You got Pharisees there. Well, who were the Pharisees? The Pharisees, in many ways, let me let me just break it down to you. I love this. The Pharisees were a group that were devoted uh, to outside expressions of, I call it, re- religiosity. Their whole thing was that they had to appear godly before men. And they had certain traditions like the washing of, 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 of pots and pans. And, you know, they had their long outfits and they would make long prayers. And they had this whole thing of, again, looking right. But Jesus said, you know what? You guys are like whitewashed sepulchers or whitewashed, whitewashed tombs. You look clean on the outside, but you're full of dead men's bones. And so their whole thing was about outside appearance. And they conflicted with Jesus. They were the enemies of Jesus. They were his haters. Because many times in Jesus's ministry, he talked about an inward work. He said in many, uh, one occasion, he said, Do you know, you've heard it said that thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, whosoever shall look upon the woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And, you know, and he said, you've heard it. Uh, hate your enemies. You love your brother, but hate your enemies. But he says, I tell you, love your enemies and do good to them. So he really focused on an inward work, on an inward work. And really, that's where holiness or righteousness starts from the inside out. But the Pharisees, as long as they look good, uh, you know, they were well. They thought that 
outward appearance was everything. And so, of course, they conflicted with Jesus big time. So we have Pharisees there that were the enemies of Christ. And, you know, they butted head quite a lot in scriptures. And then we have, the Bible says, the doctors of the law. The word doctor there means simply, you know, the teachers of the law, the experts in the law. Uh, In some translations, you will find it saying the scribes. So you have there the Pharisees, the enemies of Jesus, and then you have the doctors of the law or the scribes or the teachers of the law. Now, there's no coincidence that you have the two together. The scribes probably invited the doctors of the law, um, uh, or rather the Pharisees probably invited the doctors of the law, the scribes to come in and let's find a way that we can defraud Jesus. Let's find a way. Hey, man, you know the word and he's preaching it. Let's find a way that we can undermine what he's doing and bring up an accusation against him. So who do we have here? We have the healer, Jesus Christ, and we show sure enough got some haters. All right. Now, here's the thing, because it gets a little bit worse here as we set up this scene. It says in verse number 17 again, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, listen, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. My goodness. So it wasn't just one or two that were setting him up. Hey, boys, let's all go out and deal with this man named Jesus. Can you believe that? So here's Jesus. He is proclaiming the word of God and there are people there. Now, he's simply doing what God has called him to do in the presence of his haters. But I love the Lord so much because he does not allow his haters to influence his message. He continues. He's bold. He's loving. He's kind. I'm telling you, I want to be like Jesus. How many times, my friend, have you been shut down? Be honest now. How many times has your message or your word been shut down because of who's been around you? How many times have you resisted to say something or do something because of who's there? Oh, I can't say this. So-and-so is here. No, no, no. We've got to be like Jesus who moves in the power of the spirit. Glory to God. Oh, I'm telling you. Mm. So catch the scene. Jesus is Doing the, doing the work that God has called him to do. He is the Messiah. He is the son of God bringing forth life to those that are there. He is the healer and he sure enough has some haters around him right now. Not just one or two. I'm not sure how many, but they have come out of the neighboring towns to deal with this man called Jesus. Well, let's see what this man called Jesus is going to do. I love this Mm. All right. So let's go on. Let's go on. Uh, Let's go on. I don't want to wreck the studio today. So it's going to go on. This is powerful. Now, listen, I want you to see how God is setting him up because I mean, verse 17 is so awesome. So here again, they come out of every town. It it says uh, uh, they camp, uh, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And I love this. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Who was the them? Them that were in the house. So in the presence of his haters, 
in the face of his adversaries, in the face of his accusers, God provided the power. Oh, oh my God. He provided the power. And some of you already know where we're going with this. In Psalm 23, right? The Bible says that he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Oh, my God. So Jesus is proclaiming the word. Now, here's a word for you today. Here is a show enough word for you today. As you do what God has called you to do, yes, your haters will be present, but the power of God will also be present. The power was present to heal and to deliver. The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God was there. God was backing him up. Hallelujah. The power of the Lord was upon Jesus. God was backing him up. You hear this? When you're doing right and doing what God has called you to do, Regardless of what who's regardless of what they are saying, because folk are always going to talk. That's what haters do. Haters talk, 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 and they plan, plan, plan. But don't allow your haters to disrupt what God has going on in your life, because just as sure as you're doing the work. That's one. Haters are there. That's two. And what happens on the third thing? Power is there. Hallelujah. If you've got haters, you've also got some power. If you've got haters, you've also got some power. You're doing the work of God. You're doing the work. You've also got some power. So don't be distracted by what they say. The power is present to heal. Glory to God. They can't stop you. You hear me, child of God? They can't stop you. Glory to God. The Lord is on your side. Glory to God. And as we said before, I think this this bears record to say again, don't give your haters more glory than God. Don't give your haters more glory. Don't give them more respect than you do God. You mean we're going to stop saying something because of what a man is doing or because of how they're looking at you? Their facial expressions hmm, and all of this, you're going to stop the living, stop the, the word of God from coming out. And you're going to stop hearing from God and doing what he says because of them. No way. We're going to have to have to have the boldness of the Lord. I'm telling you, whew, Jesus is so good. He is so wonderful. All right, well, you ready to go forward because we're just still on just the first verse. Sorry. So you catch the scene now, right? There's there's tension in this room. There's tension. There your haters right there. Put yourself in that spot. Because remember the, Je- remember the Lord Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do because I go unto the Father. So you're a healer. If you were born again a believer, you are a healer. Remember the Lord said one of the signs that will follow the believer is that in his name, we're going to cast out devils and demons. We're going to uh, speak of new tongues. And, and one of the things is, too, you're going to lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Hello, healer. That's you. He's talking to you. That's you. Hallelujah. And because you're a healer, you're going to have some haters. But don't worry, because the power of God is present to heal. All right. Tensions in the room. Let's see what happens next. I love this. So let's look at verse number 18. Verse 18 says, and behold, men brought in a in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy and they sought means to bring him in uh, to lay him before him. All right. Here's someone palsy. 
means paralysis, right? He can't move. Uh, I'm not sure how taking the paralysis is, if it's total paralysis or whatever, but let's just say right now, you know, something can't move. So probably at, at least from the waist down, all right? So here's a man taken in the palsy. He is paralyzed. He is paralyzed. And he has friends, I would suppose, friends that brought him to this meeting where Jesus was teaching. They'd heard, obviously, that Jesus was the healer. And they're bringing him in. And the Bible says in verse number 19, and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, crowded, standing room only, right? When they couldn't find a way to get get him in there, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his clothes, rather, um, with his couch into the midst before Jesus. All right. So here is a great act of faith. So already, let's back up a minute. There is tension in the house. The Lord's not feeling the tension. He's at peace and at rest, but he has plotters all around him. Oh, my God. I just heard something great here. Some people say, you know what? I don't want to go to church because, you know, it's full of hypocrites. But you know what? Wherever the word of God is being preached, you're going to find the enemy trying to disrupt it somewhere. Here's Jesus, a rose, and around the rose, there are lots of thorns. But sometimes you got to get through the thorns to smell the rose. Glory to God, to smell the rose. If you're looking for a perfect environment to find and to find the presence of the Lord, you're not going to find it here in this earth. As a matter of fact, you're not even going to find it in your own home. There's going to be somebody in your own house or in your workplace that's going to try to prick you or stick you. No, what you got to do, what do you have to do? Get around the thorns to get to the scent, to get, a, get to the aroma of Christ because he is there. Sometimes the presence of haters, the sheer number of haters could tell you God's there. Praise the Lord. But so here's these people. I'm um, here. Are these people, they bring in a man and he's on a couch or we can say today, possibly a stretcher. And they're taking him. They they couldn't get in. They couldn't get in the door because there's so many people around. So they decided, you know what? We're not going back home. We're not going back home. We've got to get him before Jesus. Listen to that tenacity. They wouldn't be turned around. Someone said, let's go to the roof. Let's go up to the roof. Uh, I mean, how audacious is that? This is not their house, but they tore open a, a section of the roof big enough for this man to come down. Now, average size man, maybe five feet or so. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the couch has got to be at least maybe three feet wide. So possibly they tore open a section of the roof that was uh, five foot long and three or four foot wide. And then they let him down. So if you're thinking about this is a small section, uh, uh, a whole man with this couch had to sit down and they lowered him down in front of Jesus. They lowered him down right in the Lord's face. Now, what did they lower him into? Here's someone they need a miracle. And what did he walk in on? Have you ever gone to a place where there was tents in the room? Tents in the room. You say, oh, look, oh, who's here? 
Well, who's here? It's the leaders from the community. These were the religious leaders, those who were looked up to. The people looked up to the, the, the Pharisees. They, they looked up to the scribes as their religious leaders. Here are the bishops and, and here are the apostles or, 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 or here are the pastors. Here, here are all the church leaders. They've come out of all the churches round about. Isn't that sweet? And they're coming to listen to Jesus, one man. But no, there's tension in the room. Jesus is speaking. And so this man dropped into a room that is possibly full of tension. And Jesus is going to use him. God is going to use him to break that tension. This is powerful. All right, so let's look at that. So again, sometimes you'll enter an atmosphere and there is peace. And then sometimes it could be tension. But just because there's tension there does not mean your blessing is not there. How many people have walked away from a place Walked away because they say, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this one after that one after that one. How do you know Jesus is not there in the house? You can't measure the presence of the Lord by what folk are doing. Remember, the power of the Lord was present to heal. The spirit of God was present. The spirit of the Lord was present. Healing was in the house. But there was also a bunch of tension and some haters. You got to be aware of that. You got to be aware of that. You can't judge a move of God or what God is doing uh, according to folk. Are you hearing? Praise God. Are you with me? All right. So let's go on a little bit further. I hope that you're getting something out of this tonight. I'm having so much fun. and I pray that you are, too. Ooh, if you want to get up and jump around, you can do that. Hallelujah. I'm gonna, uh, oh, my God. Here we go. Let's go on a little bit further now. And so it says they couldn't get in because of the multitude. So they broke up the roof and let this man down in front of Jesus. Now, let's see what happens next. Verse 20 says, and when he saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. I mean, I can imagine this when the Lord saw me, my God, think about this. You broke up the roof, broke up a big portion of the roof to let this man down in the meeting. And maybe Jesus was sitting down and, and speaking and, you know, and speaking to everybody. I can imagine that the scribes, some of the scribes on this side, the Pharisees, they're probably all sitting together in a corner somewhere. And the people all around just talking, you know, or, or in amazement at Jesus's teaching, you know. And then all of a sudden, as the Lord is speaking, they heard crack, 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 crack. And maybe dust starts falling down. Crack, crack, got a little bit louder. Crack, crack. And maybe some wood began to fall down. All that debris, all of a sudden, whoosh. And they, you know, everybody's looking up. What in the world is happening here? What's happening here? What's happening? And then they see this man being lowered down, being lowered down. This crippled man, mangled, crippled man being lowered down in the presence of the Lord and his haters. And the first thing Jesus says was not politically correct. Oh, my God. He stays true to his character. He says, man, your sins are forgiven. Now, let's look and see how the haters reacted with that. Ooh, the Bible says, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. 
They begin to think think to themselves or begin to talk among themselves. But I, I think they were talking, they were thinking on the inside. It says that they, they began to reason saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? Now, Jesus knew what would happen if he said this. Man, your sins are forgiven. He knew that these would freak out. He knew it. But yet and still, he said it anyway. Their reaction is, who is this that speaks blasphemies? Blasphemy is one of the horriblest thing, the worst thing that anybody could ever accuse you of, especially in this day. They're saying in, in, in many words, who is this? That is cursing at God. Who is this that is coming against God? Who is this that is speaking evil here? Only God can do this. Who is this that is doing this? I mean, they were having a field day with the Lord, I'm sure, inwardly. Or maybe they're talking among themselves. They were really hating on him something horrible. Why were they doing it? Did Jesus say something or do something that was out of the will of God? No. Did he say something that was out of the way? Did he say something that was evil or wrong? Something that God would punish him for? No. He spoke simply the truth and he loosed this man from his sin. He said, man, thy sins be forgiven you because of this great act of faith. And they cut up like a bunch of fools over there. If you excuse my uh, language there, they cut up, they, they stirred up. But listen, how does Jesus deal with it? Look at verse 22. He says, and when Jesus, it says, but when Jesus uh, perceived their thoughts, I love this. The Holy Spirit gave him a word of knowledge, word of knowledge as to what they were thinking. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts? What are you thinking about, boys? What are you thinking about? Let's say the man is here that was lowered down. Now he's on the floor there. He's still mangled up. And Jesus looks at the accusers and he says, well, what are you thinking about? Why why reason you among yourselves? And he asked them an impossible question. Grab a hold of this. He says in verse 23, whether is easier to say or which is easier to say? Thy sins be forgiven thee or to say, rise up and walk. He said, which is easier? Uh, Which one is easier? Boys, you you tell me which one is easier. Is it easier to 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 forgive a man of his sins or or is it easier to tell him uh, to be completely healed of his affliction? Which is easier? Now, the word easier has to do with work or labor. So we could say, you know, which one is less work, which one is less strenuous or which one is less difficult? What is the less difficult job? And he's inferring, obviously, to himself, uh, which is easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or be completely healed. And he's also talking about them as well. Which will be easier for you? (laughs) Tell me, tell me, which is easier for you Uh, for you to say be forgiven or take up your bed and walk? Which is easier? It's an impossible question because even they said only God can forgive sins. 
Oh, it's an impossible question. But listen, there's also another meaning in this too. Because when your life is full of works and their lives were, when your life is full of just uh, having the perfect appearance and uh, and you're really hard on other people because Jesus said that many times, my God, he said that you put burdens on people and you won't help them to you won't uh, lift a finger uh, to, to help them. You won't do any of it. You just put burdens on the people. Listen, when your life is filled with that, you're putting burdens on yourself so hard on yourself and you're so hard on others. It becomes hard for you to forgive. When you're holding yourself to a standard that even you cannot meet, it becomes hard to forgive. When you're always pointing the finger at other people, look what you're doing. Look what you're doing. Understand something. Even when you point with one finger, there are three more coming right back at you. You, As you're hard on them, you're hard on them because you're hard on yourself. And it's hard to forgive others when you can't even forgive or live with yourself. Remember, the main thrust of the Pharisees was to look good, look good, do good things, look good and to do good things. It was not about a walk of faith. It was about a walk of actions. And that's not what Jesus was into at all. Are you hearing me? All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting a lot of, out of this today. And I hope that you are, too. Mm. All right. So which is easier, which is less difficult uh, either be forgiven or rise up and walk. But listen, now the Lord's about to validate his ministry here. He's about to validate his ministry. He's about to use this miracle to validate his ministry. Because remember, the others are there. The Pharisees and the scribes are there trying to discredit him, trying to catch him in something. But he's about to validate his ministry using what this man has done, using their faith. Listen to verse 24. It says, it says, but that ye may know the Lord Jesus saying here, but that you may know that the son of man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. He said, but so that you know everybody in here. So that you know people and you know Pharisees and scribes, teachers of the law, doctors, so that you know who I am. You say that only God can forgive sins. But so that you may know that I am God in the flesh, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. So that you may know and recognize who I am, the Christ. I say to you, this is an impossible question that you guys can't answer. I say to you, take up your bed. And walk. And what happens here? The Bible says in verse 25, and immediately he arose, he rose up before them. Oh my God. Immediately he rose up before them, before his haters, right? And took up that uh, thereon he lay, put it on his shoulder, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. 
in the presence of your haters. God verifying who you are, his stamp. Now, here's another thing before we close out today. There are a lot of people that's looking for a bishop or looking for someone to validate their ministry, but the power of God will validate your ministry. Hallelujah. His presence on your life will validate your ministry. The works of the Holy Spirit in your life will validate your ministry. God always validates his minister. God always validates his preacher. He validates the call. Glory to God. Think about this in terms of Joshua and Moses. As Moses went off the scene, Joshua, God called Joshua uh, to lead the children of Israel. And the Bible says that he magnified Joshua in the eyes of the people. God magnified Joshua in the eyes of the people. You don't need folk to validate your ministry. You don't need people to validate your call. Just do the works that God has called you to do. Just flow in the spirit. Hallelujah. Just flow in the spirit. And guess what? The power of God will be present as well in the presence of your haters. Glory to God. Ooh, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost here today. Oh my God. The Lord is talking to somebody. I believe he's talking to you. Oh, my goodness. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up today. I'm really enjoying this. So it says, verse 25, and immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereupon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Can you imagine the people at his house? They hear a knock on the door. Who is that? And they open the door. And this man walks in. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine the shouting? This man walks in. Uh, maybe he has a wife there. I don't know. I don't know what happened. The Bible says that he was taken in a palsy. So maybe he wasn't born paralyzed. Maybe something came upon him. Maybe there was some sort of accident, you know, for him to be uh, come for him to be in this type of shape. So maybe he has a family there, at least a mom and a daddy or somebody there waiting for him to his own house. Now it says to his own house. I doubt if they didn't really have governmental assistance back then. How can this man afford his own house? His own dwelling place? He's got to be living with somebody else who has been taking care of him. Someone's probably feeding him uh, and clothing him and offering offering him that assistance of things he could not do for himself. So all I'm saying is that when he walked through the door when he walked through the door and said, hello, look what Jesus did for me. Hallelujah. I bet you you couldn't contain the level of shouting and glorying. Oh, that was there in that place. Awesome. Now, where did he get that miracle, by the way? Let's go back. Let's back up, back up, back up. Where did he get it? He got in a place that seemed to be full of tension. He got into a place where the leadership was were against the pastor. Was there uh, was there unity in the leadership in that place? Oh, give me a break. No. Were the people expectant? Possibly. But one man definitely was. And he got his miracle. And he went home glorifying God. Let's look over. Let's, let's, let's continue because this is not the end of it. Not just yet. We're almost there. And so he goes home glorifying God. Now listen to verse 26. And they were all amazed. 
They were all, I love that word all. All means everything excluding nothing. They were all amazed. The people and those Pharisees and scribes over there too. They were all amazed. They were all amazed and they glorified God. I believe the all is implied. They were all amazed and all glorified. Glory, 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 glory. Those folk that were against you now saying glory, glory, glory. Woo! Isn't that something? They were all amazed and glorified God and were filled with fear. Whoa. There's something about this man named Jesus. God is with him. Boys, we better back up for a little while. There's something about this man named Jesus. They all go, they all were amazed, they all glorified God, and they were filled with fear, not only the scribes and Pharisees, but the people too. Oh my goodness. And they all sit here and said, saying, We have seen, seen strange things today. Strange things today that God would give a man power to forgive sins and that God would give a man power to raise someone that was paralyzed to completely heal him at an instant. This man's life changed in an instant, at a moment, immediately. The thing that had him bound, now he was free. Glory to God. God can change your life. The Lord can change your life at an instant, immediately. Oh, that's so awesome. Now, this thing about the Lord validating his ministry through signs and wonders, that didn't just stop with him. It continued. Matter of fact, you know, as the Lord told the disciples or the apostles, when they go forth, he said, these signs shall follow right? They're going to go forth working signs and wonders and and miracles and preaching the gospel in the same flow of the Lord, in word and in power, in word and in power. Let me show you that, and then we're going to, mm, and then we're going to pray. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you that the Holy Spirit gives you such a level of boldness that you cannot contain in the presence of your haters. I'm going to pray, glory to God, I want to pray that even when that man or that situation comes before you, uh, that present need, and even when even when the need uh, causes a word to come out, that word, I pray that it will just come out of you regardless of who's around you because it wasn't politically correct for Jesus to say, man, you're sins are forgiven you. Maybe it would have been better if the Lord, you know, held that to himself until after they left. No, because the Lord knew what would happen if I said, if he said this or that. But no, I pray the word of God would be like fire shut up in your bones and you won't be able to help but say what God is calling you to say and you won't help be able to do what the Lord is calling you to do. I'm praying for the fire of the Holy Holy Spirit to fill your lives because the world needs what's in you. Glory to God. Oh, let me show you these verses. Then we're going to, whoo, man, I'm getting, oh, listen to Romans 15, verse nine. Consider this verse. Romans 15, verse nine says, uh, rather 19, Romans 15, verse number 19 says, through mighty signs and wonders, By the power of the Spirit of God, 
so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Iconium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Listen to that one more time. Through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Iconium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Fully preached. What is he saying here? What is the apostle saying? Well, the gospel is not fully preached until there is word and power. Word and demonstration. Both were character, both characterized the ministry of Jesus and both were also characterize your ministry as you go forth and do what God has called you to do. Let me show you just uh, maybe one or two more. <laughs> we're really going to. All right. You ready? First Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 18 through 20. And then we're going to pray. It says here. Now some are puffed up as though I would not come. I would not come to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will. And will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. Verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Not just in word, but in power. Some people came down and they had all flattering, word, uh, flattering words and boy, they sure could preach. He said, but I, want to, I don't care to hear about what they said so much. I don't care to hear their preaching. Show me the power. Show me the manifestation of power. Is God present in your life? Is God present in your ministry? Is God present? Then there should be a manifestation of power. Are you hearing? There's the word and power. These two go together, just like uh, uh, wings on a bird. Wings on a bird. These two go together, and it's going to propel your ministry, propel your, propel your life into the destiny that God has called you. All right, you ready to pray? Let's pray. Father, I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus to touch your loved one, to touch your beloved. Touch them from the crown of their head to the very sole of their feet. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them in such a way that they will be electrified. Lord, let your word be like fire that is shut up in, that is shut up in their bones. Let them speak with boldness, power, and conviction and call signs and wonders to follow them because they believe in Jesus. Use them, Father, for your glory. And may they never be intimidated. May they never be uh, frightened or afraid of the faces of man. But let them go forth in the power of the Spirit, bringing you great glory. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, Woo, you made it to another, uh, the end of another Bible study here at our midweek service. Ah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for watching. And thank you so much uh, for giving in support of the ministry. We really do appreciate you. Your prayers and phone calls, your emails, all they do, they encourage us. So thank you for doing that. Remember, remember, if you haven't done it, you can go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. 
It's there that you can, uh, you know, send in your prayer request and give a donation and all that good stuff. And you can watch other videos and audio messages, get links to podcasts, our app, and just so much more. So check it out today. All right. Well, without any further ado, I tell you we love you. And uh, we'll see you next time for more midweek service here at Kingdom Rock. Check me out. Don't forget, yeah, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We'll be here live and uh, we'll see you then, okay? Love you. See you next time. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.